The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking time each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. As if there were any other sports to talk about, I know there's plenty. But the sport of kings, the most exciting by far. And I love sports. Love it. Especially football season coming up. Kind of dovetails right in with my handicap, and I love every bit of it. Football junkie. Winning ponies, still on a roll, red hot. Exotics, over 7 million and counting for the year. As usual, big payouts last week. Hope you were tied on. If not, get tied on and get tied on now. It's not too late. Weekend is coming. What's happening tonight? We're going to do a little recap of last week, as we always do. We're going to talk about the biggins. We're going to talk about the big payoffs. Hopefully you're tied on. I'm sure that you cash plenty. News from around the world of racing. Special guest this week. Midwest trainer, solid, good guy in racing, man with his head tied to the game, Tim Ham, very solid Midwest trainer. You'll see him run everywhere from Hollywood Park, Gulfstream, Prescott, Ohio Circuit, Kentucky. He'll be everywhere. If Tim Ham was a dollar bill, he'd be a dirty one because the man does a lot of traveling and he puts his nose to the, nose to the grindstone and he's... Many times I've said this, he is definitely one of the good guys in racing and a good friend. So you're going to want to stay tuned. That's going to be in segment number two, as we always do our special guest of the week. Pistol Pete's not going to be joining us tonight, but don't you fret. We've got winners yet. And then we're going to kick up with our final furlong of handicapping with yours truly. And trust me, i got some action for Friday, Saturday, you name it. I just hope my wallet's deep enough, because that is the only thing that I'm ducking right now is I'm going to sting them and sting them good. Let me give you a quick recap of the sheets. I like to mention it because it's true. It's true, and it's easy to use. That is the data on winning ponies. We don't tie into any type of plan where you have to purchase 15 tracks in, in two days or you're going to be penalized or, or you're going to lose your credits. The winning credits are up to you. You can use them when you want to play. Yep. The information doesn't come 72 hours out in advance. It comes right off fresh. 
you can change track conditions. It started off as a fast track today. Mother Nature got a little ugly, a little mud. Talk about mud. What happened to Churchill Downs this week? My goodness. About six inches of rain. Scary. Turf changes. Goes from a yielding to a good to a fast. You can change it all up with the Winning Ponies data. Expansive, complete PP is what you get in the form, your program, whatever you're using, Equibase. They've got all of the PPs. So you've got the easy to use. You've got the ability to be able to change up your conditions, the expansive PPs. They've even got their own speed rating system. One for the last three efforts kind of gives you a little barometer on how they've been doing the last three efforts. That's really, really important from a horseman standpoint. The present race speed rating. They even give you a turf speed rating. Special notation symbols, the plus, which means the horse is on the improvement. The double plus, which I will throw it out there, first one gets a free hat. If I pick a loser, I will tell you the truth. I have yet to lose when I see the double plus symbol. Monster works. Kind of notes us up to who's been doing what in the morning. Are they morning glories? Are they the real deal? Winning Ponies is right there on it. First-time blinkers generally add speed to a horse, a little bit of focus. It's always important. Has improved note. like that. First-time Lasix. I like first-time Lasix, but second-time even more. But first-time Lasix lets me know that the trainer is ready for something new on the horizon here. Three-year-old running. I like to know that especially if they're going to face older. Layoff 45 days or more. All the selections are tiered. So you can reach in and pull out the info that fits your wagering plans. That is winningponies.com. I would suggest you give it a whirl, give it a spin, give it a try. You can always go back, take a look at the testimonials, or you can take a look at the biggins. Talking about the biggins, let's go to Friday, July 31st. We have 134 total biggins. Leading the day was Thistledown in Cleveland. Race number three, a Superfecta, $26,725.40. That's pretty big. Saturday, August 1st, 176 total biggins. Strap in tight. Canterbury, race number eight, a Superfecta key, $62,204. And Zero cents. You don't need any change when you go 62 grand. Sunday, August 2nd, 121 total biggins. Leading the pack was Fort Erie Race 6, a Superfecta key, 4,671.80. Right behind it was Arlington Race 9, 3,691.80. Right behind that, Charlestown Race number 3, 3,170. Are you seeing a pattern? They're just not locked into one circuit. They're just not locked into one circuit in one track and or just one race. Monday, August 3rd, 63 total big ones. And I want you to pay attention to this one. At Saratoga, they have been in Fuego on fire. Races 5 through 10, a pick 6, $41,782 even. I love the spa. They love it even more. They're making me love it that much more. Saratoga Race Tennis Superfecta on Monday, August 3rd, $17,937 even. 
Saratoga races 7 through 10 in the pick four. It's only 13840 bucks. I'm going to throw it in here. The fourth leg was Saratoga again, race number 10 of Tribox. $3,813 even. They love the spa, and they are destroying it. You need to get tied on there. Tuesday, August 4th, 44 total biggins. You're not going to have any spa winners on this day. Why? They're not open. Ford Erie, race four, leads the pack. A superfecta cold. That means they got it exactly the way they call it. $2,172.10. Wednesday, August 5th, 63 total biggins. Arlington, sweet home Chicago, races two through five. Pick four, cold. When I say cold, that means they're calling it out bing, bang, bong, not multi-tiered tickets. Cold. Straight out, a pick for $10,075 and 40 cents. Thursday, August 6, 53 total biggins, and the day is not over. Rhea Doso Downs, race number eight, Super Key, 8,832.80. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet on the biggins. Like the biggins. Let me give you a recap of last week's action here. Arlington Park to Rossi Gold. Mile 316 on the turf. Rumor has it Eduardo Perez stings him and wins by a neck pain 2540. For trainer David Hensley, very nice race indeed, 50000 bucks. Not chump change. Got to say I like it. Got to say I like it, and I like it well. And then on to the eighth race at Delmar, the San Clemente Grade 2, a mile on the turf, $150,000 up for grabs. The 8, Starlarks, Alex Solis, aboard this Irish bread, wins by a dirty nose, six wide into the lane, and he wins by a dirty nose, 2460 for Patty Gallagher, well-known trainer. Monmouth Park, oh, by the way, Tim Hamm is connected. I think you're going to like this guy. You're going to definitely want to stay tuned. Monmouth Park, race number 13, the Haskell Invitational Grade 1. Sorry, boys. The girl showed you up again. One mile and an eighth on the dirt. It was pretty nasty. Sloppy and sealed. Rachel Alexander with Calvin Borrell wins by six. I thought it was more than that. Three wide trip. Drew off, paying $3. Summerbird ran second, paying three forty. Summerbird is a three ace under Kent Storm. It was the headiest ride that I've seen. Knew that he couldn't beat the gal. He knew that she was on the move in, in cruise control. He rode from the three-ace pole in like his head was on fire and rode like a madman and hung on for a second because he knew the power this girl possessed. What a filly indeed. Rachel Alexandra. Zenyatta, stay on the left coast. Duck this gal. She's real deal. Here's what I really like about this. Rachel on top of Summerbird. The exact to pay ten forty. That's a three dollar horse on top of a three forty. Do the math. It doesn't fit. It's beautiful. Ten forty. I had to say I cashed a couple ducats on it. I'm very proud of myself. Not bragging, but just proud. I got lucky. Ten forty. August first, race number nine, the Diana Stakes Grade One, a mile and eighth on the turf. Forever together. Julian Lepru, last week's guest. Wins by a head, gets up four wide, and prevails down the lane. Paying $3.90 for Jonathan Shepard, well-known turf trainer. Julian Le Peru, well-known rider anywhere in the world. 
August 1st, Jim Dandy, grade two, a mile and an eighth on the dirt. Ken Sai, Edgar Prado, wins by two and a quarter lengths, paying $7.50 to win. Steve Asmussen, we'll talk about him a little later on. Asmussen just tortured him. His wallet's so fat, I think he needs to keep it in the back of a truck. Loving it. Asmussen just tearing them up. What a weekend he had. Then we're going to go up to Woodbine, a little north of the border, August 1st. Race number six, the Royal North Stakes, a grade three, six on the turf. That's, that's a tough race, six on the turf. $150,000 guaranteed. The winner, number two, Glitter Rocks with Gary Algonquin. Wins by three quarters of a length. Lighting up the board is the longest shot on the board. 32.60, you got to love that, for Ian Black. And that, my friends, is the action that actually transpired last weekend. If you were under a rock, if you just got out of jail, welcome back to the races. And talking about welcome back to the races, we're heading out to our break. And we'll return. We're going to be talking with seasoned trainer, Midwest trainer, a man that has no limits, no boundaries, no state boundaries. You can catch him in Gulfstream, California, the Midwest Circuit, or $5,000 claimer in Ohio. One of the good guys in racing, Mr. Tim Ham. So stay tuned. If you want to learn more about the game of racing from our good friend and our special guest of the week, Mr. Tim Ham. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Imagine a family that was almost fed by neighbors who almost volunteered to help them out. Almost volunteered to give them their first hot meal in weeks. Almost volunteered. But as anyone knows, when it comes to giving, almost doesn't count. Don't almost give. Give. Give of your time, your money, your kindness. To find out how, visit our website at don'talmostgive.org. This message brought to you by the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. 
Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking time to join us, to listen in, to be with us. This is segment number two, and each and every week we have our special guest of the week, and this week is no different. Winning Ponies is honored to have on one of racing's good guys, hardworking man, nose to the grindstone, blue-collar trainer, Mr. Tim Ham. Tim, how are you this evening? I'm good, Ed. How are you? I'm doing very well. How was football practice? It was great. We had a good scrimmage, and uh, that's what it's all about. The kids had a good time. <laughs> you know, I got to thinking about you the last time we spoke. Okay, you have business, you have horses, you have kids, you have family. Do you ever have time to maybe ever catch a ball game on TV or anything? Very rarely, very rarely. <laughs> but, you know, you're doing all the right things, especially being a great dad. I, I think it's tremendous. Uh, when you were telling me a little bit about football practice, like, you know, this kind of took me back a bit. Tim, I, I've gotten to know you over the years at uh, River Downs. I've been, I've been blessed to uh, actually watch you come in and take away many of our trophies, which I think is spectacular, and, uh, I, I, which I think is we're always glad to order more, and we're always glad to see you come in because we always know that the ham shippers and the ham visitors are always ready to run. Tim, how did you get into the great sport of racing? Grew up with horses, Ed, in the show horse business as a young child. My parents raised Arabian horses originally. Um, then uh, I got out of Arabians. We got into saddlebred horses. I did some showing on the show circuit. Then my father trained at Mountaineer um, as, as a part-time hobby type thing. Had 12 to 15 horses. Uh, kind of learned under him. Uh, helped him, of course. It's part of your chores when you grow up in a house that has horses you're involved, whether you want to be or not. So... <laughs> Got a foundation there, and then we bought a two-year-old. We always had bought old cheap horses and uh, fixed them up and ran them in Mountaineer. We bought a two-year-old at the Ocala Breeder Sale in 92. She, um, Willie Proof was her name. The very first time we ran her, we prepped her, broke her, got her all ready. Um, the first time we ran her, she won by 10 at Philadelphia Park and like 104 and change, and uh, started to get in our butt pretty good then. Uh Went back the following year and it cemented it. We uh, bought two-year-olds. Turned out to be rose-colored lady, 
Musical Dreamer and Cabot Cove. Um, all multiple stakes winners. Uh, Musical Dreamers of Sire still in Ohio now. Cabot Cove made over 300000 and won uh, many of the turf stakes at River and Mountaineer. And uh, Rose Colored Lady, of course, uh, uh, was a champion broodmare in Ohio two years in a row, produced two horses of the year in Ohio. Um, really our foundation mare. Um, she produced all stakes winners for us, and then we uh, ended up actually selling her in full to Smarty Jones uh, two years ago. But that group of horses really uh, cemented in my uh, mind that we're going to be in the horse business long term. <laughs> I, I would say so. And when you talk about long term and being in the horse business, every morning about 4 or 4.30, do you ever regret your decisions as being a trainer? Actually, no, Ed. You know, all businesses have their challenges, but I've chose, uh, I've been in prior businesses prior to full-time horse business, and I chose uh, to make this my final career. I found more enjoyment. Uh, when there's more enjoyment, there's more hard work. That's just the nature of, uh, of life. But uh, the goods are good, and we've decided to make this stick, and I never regret it. You know, as far as uh, choosing racing, and racing, in many ways, has chosen you. What other offices, titles, and affiliations do you hold in racing? I am uh, on the, uh, well, I guess I'll start. I'm the president of the Ohio Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners. I sit on the board of the HBPA. I am on the Governor's Advisory Task Force, which is appointed by the governor to a three-member panel, um, which helps distribute the Ohio funds. Uh, to hopefully the best use for the Ohio horsemen each year. Uh, that's uh, that would be my main affiliation with the horse business. <laughs> that training and being a full-time father, and uh, I, I don't know if you're coaching or, or is you, are you just watching. No, I uh, I'm an assistant coach with this team. Uh, I play <laughs> a little, I play a little college ball, so it's all my blood, and I enjoy doing it. So we have a good time. Well, for those that actually have not had the pleasure of meeting Tim Ham, he's probably one that you really don't want to get his ire up. And uh, I'm going to really watch what I say because next time he sees me, he's able to give me a little ring around my eye if I don't straighten out here. But, Tim, as, as you're looking at young horses at a sale or on the track, are there any special things that you look for? Uh, there absolutely is, Ed, and... Uh... I'll tell you about a few of our, I'll call it pin hooks. I don't know if you're familiar with the term pin hook. Yes. Buying a horse as a yearling and turning him over as a two-year-old for resale. Um, and, and what we've tried to do, um, when I look for a yearling, I try to look outside the box a little bit. And we were very successful doing this the last couple of years. Most young horses are looked at to almost look like a quarter horse. People want the prototypical big hip, big shoulder, perfect balance. Short, coupled, and fast. That's a pretty safe bet. You know you're going to get, um, you might call that the brown wrapper of yearlings. You're going to get a horse that has speed, can carry it some distance. Um, and if you got a little bit of pedigree behind those, everybody are on the same horses. So I'd go to these sales, and I decided I didn't want to be on the same horses that everyone else is because I found you overpay. So we started coming up with what can we look for that may be normal pin hookers, two-year-old type guys don't look for. And I look for a little more scope in a horse. We always look for good confirmation. that to keep a horse down. In other words, straight through the knees um, from the front view, not too far back from the side, um, and kind of walk correct and straight forward at you. And in the back, kind of the same type of thing in a short scenario. You would look for a horse that's 
fairly correct through the hawks um, and fairly a good slope from the hawk down to the ground. Uh, but we added to that something that most two-year-old guys don't, which is a lot of scope to the horse. To me, this meant a horse would get a classic distance. The first year we did it, um, we bought Wait a While. That's the first year we kind of stepped out of the box. Wait a While was the champion three-year-old turf filly, or champion three-year-old filly, excuse me, not turf, of any type of horse in the world um, in 2005. We bought her for 50000 and it ended up being the cheapest horse ever bought at public auction to win an Eclipse. So we're proud of that. We come back next year. We're looking, we're looking. Found a chestnut filly. I said, that's her. That's Wait a While on a chestnut body. Wait a While was a gray. <laughs> we bought her. Ended up being Sky Diva, grade one winner of the Frazette at two. Puglisi Racing purchased her from us and raced for Steve Glaceris. So that's kind of uh, stepping outside the box. It's easy to stay conformed and uh, and look for the safe bet. But we've kind of stepped out and looked for these scopey horses, and we've been uh, lucky and fortunate the last few years doing it. Uh, it sounds like you have quite a methodology to to looking for your horse flesh, and uh, with your performance and your numbers, they speak for themselves. So your eye has not uh, has not failed you, and your uh, and I'm sure you attribute a lot of your success to uh, the wonderful people that you actually have employed in your in your uh, operation. No, that's absolutely essential. Um, give you a quick overview of how our operation looks. Um, we've got great people at each corner of it. It starts with our farms. We have a breeding farm up near northern Ohio, northeast Ohio. Um, we do the breeding there for the young horses. My father's a big part of that. He helps set the seed there and get it up and running. Um, we've got some great people employed there that do the bowling and, and help with the broodmares. Then the real key is we go down to Ocala. We have a training center in Ocala, which my dad actually operates in management and manages. His name's Ed, or, or Tom is his real name. He goes by Ed, Ham. Um, and he really does all the nuts and bolts there. He breaks 50 yearlings a year. Um, he sets the tone. He gets all the guys on course with what we want to accomplish. The horses come to us just in fabulous, ready to go. I mean, you couldn't do a better job with them, and that's the key. And he's got a great staff under him, a farm manager under him, and the exercise riders are the same. It, it just works great. Then we branch out into uh, three separate circuits. We have the main circuit at Thistledown which was where we all started from. Uh, Jose Sarakasamo is our uh, assistant trainer there. He's been with me 14 years. Um, fantastic guy. He handles 90% of our shipping, uh, mostly lots of river downs. He's going to Chicago this weekend, um, all over the country. He ships. He's our main assistant at Cleveland. And I found a young lady at Riverdowns, Gina Moore, college-educated girl, great on a horse. She runs the Presque Isle. Uh, we've got a circuit that goes Presque Isle, Keeneland, Gulfstream, Keeneland, Presque Isle. It's just a year-round. We try to keep a group of about 20 horses in that circuit, and she's in charge of them. Um, then we've got a guy that stays at Calder now year-round. He gathers up with the Gulfstream horses in the winter, and that's Edward Cross. I'd met him about 14 years ago, worked for me for seven years then, moved to Miami, and we reunited two years ago and he now stays in Miami year-round with the string. So it's kind of a quick overview of how our operation sets up and some of the key people that help us run it. 
It sounds like any. It sounds like sports are definitely still in your blood, Liz. And any good coach, uh, he relies on uh, so many players, uh, the fingers and the glove per se, that that uh, that actually move the hand and uh, and actually uh, make uh, the Tim Ham operation as successful as it is. Tim, you made mention about uh, a couple of tracks, uh, uh, Presque Isle, Keeneland. Are you in favor of synthetic services as a trainer? Well, it's funny you should ask, because when I heard synthetic surfaces, I thought, oh, no, this is terrible. In the midst of the middle of a training career operation, we're going to have this huge learning curve to adjust to, and by the time I get through it, I'll be done. So that was my original thought. Had no use for it from another perspective, because I have many young horses coming up through, and to me, the biggest problem I had with young horses was change of surface. So I thought, oh, God, here we go breaking them all on dirt, getting them ready. I, I've softened my stand at some point. Um, I think Presque Isle is a phenomenal surface. Uh, it's been very kind to our horses, um, and we've had a lot of success over it. So having taken my first stand, totally all know I don't want to see it come. I think there's a use for it. I still think it's created uh, quite a bit of a, an unknown in the racing business. Um, and the biggest problem I have is synthetic surface to synthetic surface is not consistent. So from a handicapper standpoint, I'd be pretty frustrated with it. Since I don't make my living handicapping and I live with it, I learn which horses like it and, and we kind of move them around. But uh, I think there's still a lot of unknown from a handicapping standpoint, a lot, of, a lot of learning to do. And even from a breeding standpoint, there's a lot to go. I can't agree with you more. The only the only thing that, in, in my opinion, that when California made such a quick jump that everyone get on board with synthetic, I was almost of a let's wait a little while and see how it actually plays out. But you know, I'm, it's not in my uh, my suit to actually question the state of California how they how they actually ran uh, ran into that. And but you know, I, I I wish them nothing but the best, and I hope uh, hope it does. But from a handicapper standpoint, it is tough. Tim, if I may uh, switch up gears on you a little bit, as a businessman, as a man that's recognized in the industry, the addition of VLTs and or slots playing an important role in racing. In your opinion, how important is that role? Well, unfortunately, it's very important. And I say that because you'd love to see racing sustain itself with live handle and good horsemanship and good horses. That would be the pure and simple best solution for racing. However, when you're playing on an uneven playing field and you're competing with neighboring states right up against your border on all sides that have alternative gaming or VLTs, it makes it impossible for a state like Ohio to compete with West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Indiana, um, when they're offering their horsemen purses fueled by approximately 20, well, Prescott Isle's 20 million just from VLT revenue added to their purse account. Uh, Philadelphia, which is a little further away, is $41 million. Mountaineers in the 20-something million range. I couldn't give you their exact number. But it makes it very hard for us to compete. So it's essential for us. And, and even more important than just the introduction of VLTs, it's, uh, uh, it's essential that we get a percentage into the purse pools that are comparable with our surrounding states, or we will... Uh, continue to struggle to compete on a level playing field with them. And in addition, it saves 16,000 existing jobs in the state of Ohio, which were slowly uh, leaving because they were going to these surrounding states. So 
Unfortunately, I think it's a necessary evil. Um, and fortunately, I think we're going to get a, a piece of the pie and racing should survive in Ohio uh, uh, for some time. That makes me happy. I, I do agree with, I believe it is, it's, it's a large Band-Aid. I don't think it's a cure-all, a fix-all. I don't think it's a panacea by any stretch of the imagination. I believe that we, we must uh, protect it as any business. We must market it. We must protect it. We must uh, ensure its growth. This is allowing us uh, a standing aid against the ropes to gather our wind and come back and, and get back in the ring and to actually fight it out and hammer it out as any business would. Tim, as, as a trainer, and, and I'm, really, I'm really seeing and hearing this, and I know our listeners are listening as well, you make your money for your outfit and your owners with purse money. And there's a percentage offered up by tracks, and there's a percentage that horsemen are seeking. Where do we stand right now as far as conveying that important point, what horsemen need to convey to tracks for the ultimate survival of our sport? The communication process has started. Um, The HBPA had a meeting with a couple of the thoroughbred track owners last Monday. Um, The meeting was... uh, we, we, we understood each other's sides. Uh, we listened to each other's sides. We, um, uh, we were far from agreeing on what we think the right solution is to the problem. Um, as far as uh, people talk percentages, put in simple terms percentages. There's daily purse, uh, uh, daily purse structure talked about by some of the tracks and forget about the percentage. But, you know, to me, in simple ways of percentage, 10% of nothing's nothing. 10% of a, a million is 10% of a million, which would be 100,000 a person. So to me, the simplest way is keep it on a percentage basis. The good positive thing about the meeting is um, there was good dialogue. Um, we agreed to, re- to meet again in two to three weeks, um, and it broke off on a, um, on a good, uh, with good communication flowing side to side. So that's encouraging. We've met. Um, the process hasn't broken down. We feel like we can move forward with it, um, and that's about as close as we are. Uh, at the uh, a lot of states mandate it in the language, the VLT supporting language didn't happen in the state of Ohio as of yet, um, and it's been left to the tracks and the horsemen to work it out. If it doesn't happen, um, hopefully the commission steps in and or third-party arbitration comes involved. But I'm confident this time with good dialogue happening, we can work it out with them. I like when you said the door of communication is still open. Uh, that leads me to be incredibly optimistic for the future. And I'm sure the, uh, the Ohio Horsemen, HBPA, et cetera, are glad to have a businessman that actually listens to both sides, does not dictate or expect, but actually negotiates fairly on their behalf. And, and I'm sure that they, they're glad that they have a Tim Hammond. I'm sure there's many others that are out there and, you know, pulling their weight. And I'm very optimistic, and that, that leads to great hope uh, after, you, after you answer that question. Tim, if I may ask you just one or two more, I know I've pressed you and, uh, and I've taken it a little longer. Anyone looking to get into racing, would you have any words of advice for them? I, I would. And, and matter of fact, I've had some new people get in recently. I think the most important thing is that you get in slowly, that you understand the game yourself, you need to surround yourself just like you do running the racing business or any business with good people you trust. But more important than that, you can trust a lot of people, but the racing game can be very demanding. 
from a cost and from a mental aspect uh, with the emotional ups and downs. So I think you need to get in. Uh, my best advice is if they could get into a situation and own 10% of four or five horses, I think they'd be doing themselves a great justice. They'd keep their monthly uh, uh, costs down to a minimum, and they'd get a wide, broad spectrum of uh, experience, which they could then be, make their own mind up how they should handle their horse business, and then they could branch out and, and do what they want once they know the business. The scariest thing would be jumping in head first, depending totally on any one person to advise them, and, and really being uh, feeling like they got in, didn't understand it, had a bad experience, and got out. And if they've had a good experience doing that, they're just extremely lucky. Their luck could change. They should get a good, broad knowledge of the game and then approach it with their own ideas. Well, I thank you for for answering that fully, and and for for the many people that are actually uh, going to be getting into the game that that may help sway them or maybe help them with their understanding of of what is happening, especially from a businessman and trainer and uh, and and a man that's completely uh, uh, completely into the sport, just not on a topical level. Tim, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for being our special guest this week. We wish you much success on the track. In the best in life, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate being on your show. Tim, thanks so much. That's been Tim Ham, one of racing's nice guys, very knowledgeable, and I think you found him to be quite engaging, quite engaging. It's time to head into a break when we return. We're going to talk a little more news, and we're going to wrap it up in the end with a final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Leave the bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. There was this house that was almost saved from a fire that was almost put out. 
by people who almost volunteered. As generous a nation as we are, sometimes instead of giving, we almost give. We almost come forward in times of need. Almost. But almost giving is the same as not giving at all. Don't almost give. Give. To find out how, check our website at don'talmostgive.org. A message from the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for... Tuning in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Hope you caught Tim Ham. Very engaging. Man about business. Man about racing. Knowledgeable guy, good father. One of racing's good fellas. If you missed, you missed a lot this time out. Winning ponies. I'd like to congratulate the customers who cashed in on a big day at Saratoga on Monday, 3, which included the $41,782 pick six. Also, winningponies.com will send you a good-looking cap if you send your testimonial. Plenty of testimonials that are just glowing. You need to check it out, winningponies.com. Take a look at the tote board, the account results, how to purchase, help contact, the biggins, what the exotic predictions have done, the carryover watch, the latest in horse racing. You'll see some blogs that are in red. It's very easy to use. Send in a testimonial. Get yourself a good-looking lid, all from Winning Ponies. Carrying on where we left off before we spoke to Mr. Tim Ham. It was a big, big weekend for trainer Steve Asmussen. Not only did Asmussen's Preakness winning Superstar Rachel Alexander whipped the males for the second time in the million-dollar Haskell, but he also saddled the upset winner Saturday's $750,000 West Virginia Derby, beating no less than Kentucky Derby winner, mind that bird. Asmussen also won Saturday's $500,000 Jim Dandy at Saratoga, the rapidly improving Kensai, giving him at least three shots in next month's Traverse Stakes, the Midsummer's Derby. And for good measure, he saddled the winners of the Mountaineer Juvenile in the Louisiana Cup Oaks. Incredible. Asmussen Barn in Fuego on fire. They couldn't have beat that girl out of a cannon. And after Sunday's Haskell at Monmouth Park, there's not much left to be said about Rachel Alexander. After stalking the pace, regular rider Calvin Burrell sent her toward the lead on the stretch, and no one, and I mean no one, could go with her. Mild urging. The Medaglia d'Oro Philly just drew off to win by six lengths, and the margin could have been more. She finished at 47 and won just over two-fifths of a second off the track record. Despite the sloppy conditions, Belmont winner Summerbird was second. 
one length ahead of Munnings. Papa Clem finished fourth. Gordon Burrell, he says this filly's just unbelievable. I can't say how good she is. I don't know. Asmussen said he was very confident Rachel Alexander would handle the off-track. The Haskell was her major goal, and we're very happy with the way she ran today. Since her connections have nixed a trip to this year's Breeders' Cup, they are trying to put together a Horse of the Year campaign that will settle the issue before the first weekend of November. Sunday's race was a big step down that road. Good luck, gal. You are showing the boys what it is all about. Loving it. She beats them in the slop. I mean, I mean, just tears them up. A few little things to make note of. Producers for an upcoming Disney movie actively seeking horses for the title role of Secretariat. You got that right. Seabiscuit was hot. What do you think Secretariat's going to be like? Mayhem Pictures will conduct an open online casting call for horses to portray the legendary 73 Triple Crown winner. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Monmouth Park to host the $100,000 Super Qualifier for the 2010 DRF-NTRA National Championship at Monmouth Park in Oceanport, New Jersey. Very nice indeed. Love contest. I don't think I've ever said enough about contest. Monmouth. A lot of big things going on. The Monmouth Mile. Run a mile on the track for rerun. Join them for a day of charity. Run and or walk. Probably I'd walk. A mile on the racetrack for rerun, a charity that homes and helps retired thoroughbreds. Stay for the races, enjoy the special demonstrations by retired racers, and meet thoroughbreds up for adoption. And don't miss autograph signings by your favorite jockeys, trainers, and special memorabilia. My goodness. Monmouth Park, this Sunday, August 9, 2009, 11.30 a.m., the Monmouth Mile, all for a great cause. I was looking at the board of directors, President Lori Lane. You know, I can remember a long time ago, I believe it was Sean Wiley, was actually, she was a friend of mine and worked at many tracks, and she was involved in the rerun program. Had many other friends that were involved in this. Adopting a thoroughbred, sponsoring a horse, there is not a higher calling if you actually love racing. So, the Mammoth Mile. You've heard it here. Well, without any further ado, let's get into handicapping. Let's go final furlong time. Let's start on Friday, August 7th, race number 8. Mile and 5 ace, the John's Call $94,000. Very nice indeed. But it's got a really unique, really unique uh, condition here for Four-year-olds and upward, which have not won a graded sweepstake in 2009, what a mile and five-eighths on the turf. I like the three, six to one, Jeremy Rose, Tafone for Santa Hendricks. This is Chilean bred here, a six-year-old horse by Usinet, three off the layoff. I really like that. The dam was stakes place two times she's dropped turf winners, two starters, two winners, one of them a stakes winner. Tafone, six to one. Jeremy Rose in the Irons. That is where I begin on Friday because this guy can win 23% on the turf. So I really like that to kick off my Friday. Also on Friday in the 8th at Del Mar, the grade 3 Sorrento, 6.5 furlongs 
up for crabs here, and this is a very nice field to uh, to actually play with you on a Friday. I mean, you're, you're starting to think, well, you know, this is probably uh, well deserved for the weekend because well deserved is who I like. You got a speedster along the rail with Joe Talamo, a two-year-old filly by Cactus Ridge. Cactus Ridge horses just absolutely relish the synthetic service. That was uh, an old uh, old handicapping note from a good friend of mine. Uh, Dangerous Dan used to actually love Cactus Ridge horses on the poly. If you take a look at uh, Hollywood, 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 you'll see a win, win, and a second by three-quarters of a length. Heavily wagered on at the windows. $100,000 sales purchase here. Joe Talamo aboard the Speedster in the 8th at Del Mar on Friday. Well-deserved. Should be well-played and well-backed. On the Saturday we go, race number eight, the Bing Crosby Handicap at Del Mar. We'll stay right at Del Mar for the moment. Six furlongs. Let's take a look at Sensational. The one, Victor Espinosa for Bowlet Bob Baffert. $700,000 sales purchase. Incredible. Five starts lifetime, three wins, and a second. Heavily bet last time out and did not disappoint in the Triple Bend, Triple Bend Handicap, a grade one event. Shot three straight bullets. Delmar, 45 and 3, 110 and 4, 45 and 3. Do you think this guy likes the synthetic? I do. Eighth race at Delmar, go with Zensational. Now we're going to shift our tack and we're going to go to the ninth race of Saratoga, the grade one test. Seven panels here. I like first passage of the five. Alan Garcia, Martin Wolfson is the trainer. Six furlongs last time out in the Azalea, grade three, after winning by three-quarters length of seven panels. Don't think it's going to be a problem for this three-year-old filly by Giants Causeway. Alan Garcia definitely gets the most out of him. That is first passage in the ninth race, the test stakes at Saratoga on Saturday. On to race number 10, the grade one Whitney, a mile and an eighth. I like the two. Asiatic boy. Asiatic boy has caught my eye this year. Six-year-old horse by not for sale. This is third time off of a layoff, and that is a handicapper's angle because Kieran McLaughlin wins 26% of the time, 53% in the money. Beaten favorite last time out, and that was in the suburban handicap. Great one, Whitney, looks to fit this six-year-old horse very well. Once again, Alan Garcia, Kieran McLaughlin, they're in the money 50% together. I like Asiatic Boy. I think we can close the door on that one. 11th race at River Downs, the Vivacious, a mile and a 16th on the turf. I'm going to go with a guy we were just talking to, Tim Ham's Mini Mom. Mini Mom is six for six, a horse for a course, six for six in the money at River Downs. Loves and relishes the turf. Dan was unraced, dropped one turf winner, four starters, four winners, and a stakes winner. Went from... 9% on a turf start winning record for Tim Ham. He's 35% in the money. Hector Rosario aboard. New guy that he's actually got going. Hector Rosario is one of the most talented, underrated riders in the country. Tim Ham has an eye for talent. Mini Mom at the river. 11th race, the Vivacious. Arlington Park. This is Arlington Million Week, and we've got some great races. Let's start with race number seven. Race number seven, we're going to go a mile and a quarter on the turf, the great one secretariat, and I think I'd be lying if I didn't tell you to take the points as they do in sports. Kenta Sorma for Todd Pletcher here. This is a very nice runner indeed, and it 
take the points by even the score, looks to be heading in the right direction. And uh, exits out of the Colonial Race, which is one of the better turf courses in the United States. Kent DeSormo on take the points in the 7th at Arlington in the Secretariat really catches my eye. The 8th race at Arlington Park. The Beverly D, a mile and three sixteenths, a grade one event. And I'm going to go with pure clans. Julian Leperu and Bob Holtis, they team up together. The last 60 days, they've only teamed up together once because they only won once. Third start off of a layoff. Holtis is a 41% in the money trainer there. One for one at Arlington, seven for eight lifetime over the turf. Four year old Philly by pure prize. I think pure clan and three to one. And Julian Leperu is an incredible piece of value. After all, he's only a 19% winner over the turf. Then we go on to the Arlington Million, a mile and a quarter for a cool $1 million. When you start watching races like this, this is what the Breeders' Cup needs you to focus on and focus and pay attention with both eyes, both ears, and your pencil to the paper. Einstein, the smartest horses in there, Precious Passion, the speedster, just as well. Stotsfold coming in from France. Mr. Sidney coming off of a victory at Churchill Downs. Who do I go with? How about Gio Ponte? Ramon Dominguez for trainer Christophe Clement. The last 60 days, they won 26% together, 67% in the money. Those are incredible numbers. For a jockey and trainer tandem here, the dam of this runner, Chapetta Springs, was stakes placed. She's dropped two turf winners, nine starters, six winners, three of which were stakes winners. This guy is bred for the turf. I think three off the layoff. Christophe Clement is 26% a winner, and they say the numbers don't lie, and that's what I'm throwing at you is numbers. Ramon Dominguez just tore them up at Belmont, and I say at Arlington Park in the Arlington Million, Gio Ponte will not disappoint. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. And this week is no exception. Winning Ponies was honored to have on Mr. Tim Ham, horseman, businessman, and a man in the sport. We're very honored and pleased to have him as our special guest. And you for tuning in each and every week. So until next week... We'd like to wish that all your winners be many, your photos be few, and good luck, everyone, and have a great weekend. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.